Welcome to episode 17 of the Life and Times of the Osborne Man. I am your host, Holly Hazard. In this episode, Marion, John and Sue's eldest daughter, travels from her teaching job in New Jersey to visit her housemate's family outside of New York City. She is clearly in awe of the buildings and bridges, the upper-class lifestyle, and the pace of this family. Marion feeds her love of theater and runs into the bohemian class in Greenwich Village and is not impressed. Or is she? And now, Marion. Monday afternoon at school. Dear mother and family, I'll start anyhow and see how far I can get before the bell rings. We got back last night about nine o'clock. I sure did have a wonderful time. Never did so much in such a short time in my life. Miss Yulstein is a speed queen anyway when it comes to getting things done. To proceed to the details, Mr. Wolf took my last period class, so we got away an hour earlier than we expected. Arrived at her house at about 10 that night, Wednesday. Her oldest brother and two youngest sisters were there. The rest of the family were out, but came in about 10.30, and we all sat up till about 12.30 waiting for Mr. Yulstein to come home from a party, as it was his birthday. The darlingest little person was also visiting the family, a friend of her oldest sister particularly. She's been married 10 years and is so young and cute and adorable that she's still being taken for a bride. The next morning, I arose around 9 o'clock, had breakfast, and talked for a while, and left the house about 10.30 for downtown to buy our suits. How'd this for speed? We, her sister Hannah, cute Mrs. Moore, Miss Yulstein and I, left their house at 10.30, rain pouring down, and at 1.30 we had both bought suits. I had bought a blouse. We'd had luncheon at Schraff's, and we're in the Capitol Movie Theater. It's beautiful, and they had a very good program. The large movie places now are including so many nice numbers outside the main picture. Beautiful dances, soloist, a very fine singer in choir robes sang the palms with a mixed quartet obligato, dramatic readings, etc. The marvelous lighting and color schemes that have been worked out in the theater in the last few years is simply magnificent. After that, we went and had tea at a cute place with cute pieces, and Hannah and Mrs. Moore went home and we stayed down for the theater. A very beautiful play, Doris Keene in Romance. The next morning, we went down and got off the subway at the Brooklyn Bridge and walked across saw the Statue of Liberty and the harbor and bridges, etc. They have an awful joke on me. They say something about my looking at them in horror and asking if I'd got to climb all those wires when they mentioned going across the bridge. Then we went to see the Woolworth building and up into the tower to look over the city. It's a regular cathedral inside. It's so beautiful. We did some very hurried shopping, and at 2.30 met Hannah and Mrs. Moore and went up into Greenwich Village and had tea and walked all around the streets of the village. It's up by Washington Square, and I guess you know what it is, don't you? Where all the freak artists and temperamental artists live and go around with 
bobbed hair, socks and sandals or no shoes, and live to all extremes and according to the most freakish ideas. We went to a place called Gracie's Garret. Go in an awful-looking old door, up a rickety, dirty, dark back stairway to the garret. You eat at an old, rough, black, burnt, cut-up tables and benches. The bottoms are out of the chairs. The plaster is coming down. There's crazy mottos and drawings on the wall. An old dinner pail punched full of holes over the light. Old guitars and mandolins hanging around. You drink out of cracked cups, and they don't match the saucers. And you pay 50 cents for your tea and cake. 49 cents of that being for the atmosphere. We took a Fifth Avenue bus back down and met two of her friends and went to dinner at Schraff's, then met her brother and went to the theater. Saw the musical comedy Mary with Love Nest in it, and it was very cute. Came home and played piano a while and went to bed. Saturday, when I got up, Miss Yulstein had her mother finishing up a voile dress. We didn't get downtown till 11.30 and had tickets for the matinees, but listened to what we did before that time. Bought sash stuff, dashed to Penn Station and got some flowers for Miss Yulstein, took Fifth Avenue bus uptown to Riverside Drive so I could see the city and some of the million-dollar homes, Vanderbilt, Carnegie, etc., and got out at Grant's tomb, went in, and then walked around to see some of the Columbia buildings, and had lunch at a little tea room across from campus. I took the subway back down and met Hannah and Mrs. Moore for the matinee. We saw Madge Kennedy herself in Cornered. We got home and dressed and had a sort of informal dinner party. The Moores were invited over, and he was so nice. He's a very successful engineer, puts up oil wells, and they had just got back to New York after a year's work in Texas and South and California and all around. By the way, I hadn't met Mr. Yulstein until this point. We finally didn't wait for him for dinner the first night. Since we got up for breakfast with the family, had to fix our suit hems so we could wear them, and had dinner about 12 o'clock. The same two girls whom we went to dinner with Friday night, and also a third girl, were invited to dinner, and then we left the house about quarter of four on Sunday afternoon, and now I'm back here. I was just thrilled over New York. Sticking around in these little towns, we get all out of touch with the marvelous things people are doing in places like New York building Brooklyn bridges and Woolworth buildings and working out traffic systems and wonderful color schemes and costumes and subway tunnels and all the rest of it. The mind back of it all was what thrilled me. Well, you see, I had a spiffy time. They live in a very nice place, the widest street in the U.S. All have wide lawns and two rows of trees then a bridle path and more trees, and then a very wide place for autos and a place for bicycles and a place for trucks and the other side of the street. Both her mother and father have always lived in this country, but they are a German family. It's a regular European family, and they're so different from any place I'd ever visited before. Never saw so much stuff to drink in my whole life. 
never saw a house before where so much is being done all at the same time and nobody paying attention to it. I thought I was enough to have wished on them, but I saw Hannah cutting out a dress for Eleanor, and they were entertaining Mrs. Moore besides me, and Miss Yulstein's sister and niece around the corner were getting ready to be married, and the one I was visiting was having two dresses finished up, and Brother Bertie has sprayed his, sprained his knee in track, and Brother Harry was being packed up to be sent to California for two years today to learn some branch of the fur business. All the parties were sort of a farewell for him. It's time to go to dinner, so must say goodbye. I got your card, and that a lot about you all, even as busy as I was. Expect June will come soon now. How long does Betty have? Lots of love, Marion. I love these letters in which we get a glimpse into the lives and the thoughts of this family. Marion, at 20, had previously been primarily exposed to middle-class life living in a number of small towns throughout New York State. Now, as an adult, she's seeing more of the world. Her lust for travel will eventually take her on trips all throughout Europe, but not for a few years. This week, Marion was narrated by Cricket Clayton. Next week, we'll hear from a new relative, Uncle Frank, John's brother, who is also a salesman for the Osborne Company. Uncle Frank writes not to John or Sue, but to their 16-year-old daughter, Louise. Please join us. This podcast is produced by Holly Hazard. Music is provided by Escalante Music from Pond 5. Thank you for listening. Thank you.